Welcome to the Read John Pace podcast, where today, listening is better than reading. I'm your host, Reed JP, and thank you for tuning in. Today, our conversationalist, that is Bible translations, are J.B., J.B. Phillips Translation, AMP, the Amplified Version, ASW, ASWRL New Testament, Bill, the William Barclay Translation, Will, the Williams Translation, that is the Timeline New Testament edited by Leonard Hoffman, and then we have two special guests, again, Richard Bachman, author of James, New Testament Readings, published by Taylor and Francis, and T. Austin Sparks, The School of Christ. Kindle edition. Following ASW's gem, Patience, the Power of Endurance Without Complaint, that moved me so, James continued by saying, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Here, Here we are talking about joy, trials, patience, and maturity when James seems to have introduced a brand new topic in our conversation. Wisdom out of thin air. The change in our conversational framework caught me off guard, to say the least. Sensing my surprise, Richard leaned over and shared, More than any other New Testament writer, James is a teacher in the style of Jesus, a creative exponent of the wisdom of Jesus, a disciple who, having been fully trained in his teacher's wisdom, has become himself a teacher of wisdom like his teacher. T. Austin picked up the thought and shared in my other ear about the otherness of Christ that needed to be understood if wisdom was to be garnered. How altogether he, that is Christ, is from ourselves. Taking the disciples who went into his school, the first thing they learned was how other he was from themselves. They had to learn it. I do not think it came to them at the first moment. It was as they went on that they found themselves again and again clashing with his thoughts, his mind, his ways. They would urge him to take a certain course, to do certain things, to go in certain places. They would seek to bring to bear upon him his own judgments and their own feelings and their own ideas. But he would have none of it. At the marriage feast in Canaan of Galilee, his own mother, with an idea, said, "'They have no wine.'" Before he could conclude, J.B., who I thought was not in earshot of our conversation, interjected and added to the otherness of Christ when Jesus responded to Mary's exclamation of having no wine in his translation when he said, Is that your concern or mine, Mother? replied Jesus. Oh, wow, okay. Okay, I thought... As my dim bulb of understanding began to brighten just a bit, 
I can't expect James's letter to be a homiletic masterpiece, sermonized with successive points, each beginning with the same letter. His teaching pattern with Jesus and the otherness that Jesus is will be witnessed in James's teaching as well. Sometimes it may connect seamlessly, sometimes not, and sometimes it can be a vague connection that launches a new principle. The key for me is to not yoke James's words with my concerns, but his. I t- need to remember J.B.'s translation about no wine when Jesus said, Is that your concern or mine? I must learn to first hear through wisdom's concern and then, as I learned last week, ask intently, Is it to me? Is it about me? Well, my mere time is immediate today. All but one of our conversationalists held to the vague connection appeal in James's statement on wisdom as it followed up on patience and trials. However, J.B. made the seamless connection. And if, in the process, any of you does not know how to meet any particular problem, he only asked to ask God, verse 5, he said. I think J.B.'s words put a practical picture in mind of the universal truth in the privilege of asking God. Yet, if we constantly ask during those trials and temptation, why is this happening to me? The point of endurance through patience is abandoned. The how and what questions would serve us best, best rather than why. How is the best way to handle this? And or maybe, what am I to learn from this? Or, as ASW said, to make the most of one's opportunities and do the best thing at all times. I'm constantly amazed at his gems and so blessed by them. As to God's goodness to give wisdom, I found both Will and Bill's comments encouraging and enlightening. It is characteristic of God to give generously and ungrudgingly to all, Bill said. That would be the Barclay translation. Will added, But if any one of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of God, who generously gives to everyone without finding fault. Those two comments, characteristic of God and without finding fault, should eliminate any hesitation when it comes to making my petition known to the Lord. Characteristic of God and without finding fault. Wow. Then James produced the caveat in asking God. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Verse 6. Even with the strength in embracing God's characteristic to give generously and him finding no fault, the possibility of allowing doubt to creep in exists. But amp. Help me understand the caveat better. 
Only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, that is, no hesitation, no doubting. Okay. To avoid wavering when a trial crowds into my life, I need to ask for wisdom quickly, without hesitation, with no doubt, because he is with me in the trial. Amp's illustration added to my insight. For the one who wavers, that is, hesitates or doubts, is like the billowing surge out at sea that has blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. That is verse 6. Though I recognize the illustration was that of the waves, it brought to mind when the disciples were in their boat being tossed to and fro and fearing death, they went to Jesus who was asleep in the stern, as you may recall, and then the well-known exclamation, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Mark 4 and 38. After rebuking the wind and calming the sea, the Lord asked, Why did they doubt? For me, the key to understanding that reproof was in Jesus' words at the very beginning of the trip. Let us pass over to the other side. Verse 35. The fact that Jesus stated the destination meant it would happen regardless of the trials from one side of the shore to the other. So too is it when trials crowd into our lives. We are going to the other side and we will not perish. Another spontaneous and immediate time with the mirror. That was the practice on this day. But it was quickly interrupted by James as he dropped a biblical principle rooted in asking by unwavering faith. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. James 1, 7 and 8. A reflecting hush fell over us all. Amp cut through the silence with a knife of clarity. For being as he is, he said, a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious. He is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, or decides. Verse 8. My mind began to race around the oval of this thought as I was half listening to the conversation and half looking into the mirror. I hope that practice isn't a precursor to double-mindedness, I mused with a hidden grin. As I looked into my mirror, was a volt face staring back at me? A face that changed with my situation, circumstances, or who was in the room with me? Is that what the Lord's brother was saying? Am I one that changes like the springtime weather? ASW made it more profound when he added, A double-souled man is unstable in all his ways. Ah, oh, I understand better now. The externals may sway me. After all, Simon Peter had to be reproved by Paul about Gentile brethren fellowship following the Jerusalem council. But that doesn't automatically make me a double-minded man, as it didn't make him one either. When my soul is steadfast with the word, 
I will ask in faith, believing and reaching beyond any possible external impacts. My soul is set only on him, and I can ask through that faith without contrary desires. That is wisdom's foundation. Uh, Thank you for joining me today. And I will look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, remember, it's not vanity to always check the mirror when you are looking to see Jesus in you. Thank you for listening today. If you wish to dive deeper into Read John Pace, you can read my weekly blog posted on Thursdays at readjohnpace.com or you may buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee slash readjohnpace where on Monday and Wednesdays more randomness occurs for your reading pleasure. Until next time, remember to keep the pace by reading John Pace.